Hello, hello, and welcome to And What Did We Learn with Sarah. And today I have my amazing, fantastic, beautiful friend, Jackie. Do you want to be Jackie or Jacqueline? Um, Jacqueline. I call her Jackie. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever you call me. There was a period where you wanted to be Jacqueline, so I thought I'd ask. Back and forth. <laughs> so Jack. Jacqueline and I, Jackie and I have known each other since third grade, and we are now 85, um, mm -hmm. so it's been quite a while, uh, and she begrudgingly agreed to do this uh, pilot episode <laughs> with me, and we're very excited to be here to talk about some Yay. terrible shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to be doing is breaking down an episode of a show that we just discovered on Netflix and it's the pilot episode. The show is called I am a killer. Mm -hmm. And the synopsis of the show is pretty much what it sounds like. No mystery there. It's a Netflix original. And we watched the first episode, which is on James Robertson, who is a, or was at the time a 54 year old been in prison for 37 years. So basically he went in, I think they said, he was just a few months shy of 17 when he was sentenced, mm -hmm. which means he went in when he was 16, like early 16. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll get into the details, but uh, just first impressions, I think is kind of where we're going to start out. And, um, you know, my first impression of this guy is that he really has no foundation he has no education he has no um social skills he has no family background he's really just kind of a vessel for whatever happens around him so mm -hmm. he is kind of just this loose cannon um and that'll make more sense as we explain kind of how he got to where he was uh yeah. personally i turned on the episode expecting to see this guy who was like yeah, I murdered my family and here I am on death row, right? Like it seems so open and shut when we think about death row, somebody who's sentenced to death. Uh, and he certainly fits the bill, at least in terms of how he acts and how he looks. <laughs> Jackie, you want to chime in about how this guy, this fellow looks and, you know, whether you pick him on on The Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, I, defi I definitely probably wouldn't Give him my rose on the first night. Um, he, just looks, <laughs> he just looks a little rough around the edges. Um, a bald guy. His friend. bald. I wrote yeah. down that he looks like an evil Michael Rappaport. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. I'm sharing my, <laughs> I'm sh I prepared for this. I'm sharing my screen with you. Tell You're me if you, tell me if you agree. Yeah, except bald. He? he looks like <laughs> yeah. a bald, evil, like partially toothless. Yeah, he kind of looks evil too. Those in those pictures you sent. Well, Michael Rappaport, he he's he can play he can play both ways, and he's a good yeah. actor. Um, yeah, I can see he probably. Dress, I don't know. I can see he probably um, dresses up nicely. <laughs> well, yeah, he was like in Friends. I mean, he can play any kind of kind of role. Yeah. But I do enjoy, as many of us do assigning a, like a celebrity to people in either yeah. shows or stories or books because it just mm -hmm. like helps me <laughs> it 
kind of. Yeah. Um, I've done that even in my own traumatic past, like it, my, my childhood trauma. There's like a certain celebrity who looks like mm. someone in my past. So like, I can't watch uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my <laughs> uh, God. Earring is too, Aww. he's too triggering. But anyway, um, I wrote down, I was not, I was, I was not gentle with my commentary about this guy just from the offset because we're going from first impressions, right? Here's this guy who's sitting here and he's saying, um, he, okay, sorry, I should skip back. He goes into prison at 17. They decide to charge him as an adult, even though he's not technically 17. And later on, we'll find out why that's completely heinous and ridiculous and a good example of what's wrong with the justice system and privatized, privatized prisons. Yeah. Um, but he goes in for breaking and entering and burglary, uh, which sounds ominous and there's a, a scale, but it was basically like childish crimes. You know, he was stealing shit. He stole a bike, I right. think was one of the offenses. Um, and that was largely, I'm going to close this window, Michael Rapaport, who's just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he, he didn't have family that gave a shit. You know, he didn't yeah. have anything. He didn't know one. He wasn't compelled to go to school. Um, he, I think he dropped out at maybe 13. I, I, I Forgive me. I didn't write that down, yeah, but I wrote down that right. he barely has a sixth grade education. So junior high, he said junior high, he dropped out, which is mm -hmm. insane. Like <laughs> In junior yeah. high, we were like, our biggest rebellion was using, um, Allie's membership cards to get into Gilroy Gardens illegally. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's insane. I know that plenty of kids start, or plenty of people start young, and we were more yeah. sheltered, but this person had absolutely no shelter. It, it, he might as well have been a homeless child, except that he had, a, like, a physical home to go to. Yeah, uh, and it didn't seem like anyone really cared, you know, oh, no one gave what a happened shit. to him. So... It just seems like being a kind of rough kid and getting into bad things was just no big deal to him because well, and, there and was I, no, no one cared. <laughs> no one cared. And, and therefore, and I'm, you know, I'm going out of order. You know what? No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save my commentary for okay. that, but you're absolutely right. There is this big looming question, you know, why does he behave the way he does? Yeah. And we get, we get a lot more insight on that. And I have a lot of opinions on that just because I am opinionated when it comes to behavior, because that's my field. Mm -hmm. um, but I will put this out there. As soon as I saw this guy and heard him talk as an adult, I was like, okay, he's severely developmentally delayed. And he most likely has, or some, has something similar to oppositional defiance disorder, which is you say, you say go, I say stop. You say run, I say walk. You say up, I say mm -hmm. down. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what you do. I will oppose you. So, yeah, that makes so that's, sense. Yeah, and and the the functionality of that I'll get into later. But um, so he he's got this. He's putting on this front, right? He's being interviewed by these people. And like his life is shit. He lives in prison and he's constantly in trouble. He lives in I should say he doesn't just live in prison. He lives in uh, close management which yeah. is basically isolation for, I think for a long time, 30 20, years. Yeah. I wrote yeah. It like 20 the, something years. No, nope. I wrote, wrote it, it on the too, back. But yeah. I, did. <laughs> I think it was like 25 years. It was some, okay, here we go. Over 37 years in prison. 
around 20, at least 20 in close management. Yeah, you're right. And he has now spent five on death row, but we'll get there. So uh, I promise this won't be a three hour episode. <laughs> Just <laughs> trying to be organized. So he's, like I said, he's putting on a front. And I mean, my first impression is like, I don't, I don't like this guy. I don't have sympathy for him. He's showing mm -hmm. off. He's showing off. He's trying to be scary. I don't know how you felt. Yeah. One of the things that he said um, at the very beginning of the episode was, I wrote it down in here. He just um, explained how he did what he did to get into uh, death row. But he yeah. did to get to Sorry. get into death row um and just laughs at the camera laughs. and yeah yeah laughs at the camera and is like and i don't feel bad and that so he comes off just super cold like a kid in evil. junior high who's like <laughs> oh cool. right yeah. mm -hmm. and that's that's what irked me i was like oh, that, that's so performative like you can see the glee in his eyes and I'm not, be, I'm being, I'm not being very generous to him in this moment, but just, yeah, to me, I'm like, Ugh, okay, you're a big, bad, scary guy. But, yeah. but underneath it all, he's, he's really just, he's very violent. Um, but it's, you know, it comes from a place of just being a troubled kid and he did not go into prison for being violent. So that's the craziest part to me. So he says, I finished my original time back in the eighties. And remember, this is a current show. Uh, but I have accrued more than a hundred years due to, oh, this is my, sorry, these are my words. So he finished his original time back in the eighties. Okay. But he's accrued over a hundred more years, uh, time due to deliberate rule violations, violent acts and constant acting out. So this was kind of while in prison <laughs> while in prison. Yeah. And I liked what the lawyer said, or somebody said later on that, um, he, he just, he went into prison and just repeated exactly his life that he had outside of prison. It's like, it didn't stop him at all, which is a deep irony considering what prison is meant to be. Uh, but again, we'll get into that. And also, duh, like prison is so <laughs> fucked. It's fucked. And the other thing that I want to say is I did research on this because the whole premise of this episode, at least, is that death row is like heaven, right? Death row, she calls it like Beverly Hills, you know? Yeah. Which is wild, and I've heard that before, and we kind of talked about this. I'm going to get closer to the mic. We kind of talked about this when I proposed this uh, show or this episode. But I've heard that before, and I've listened to, like, Sword and Scale before. When I used to, when I used to listen to Sword and Scale, there's, they're kind of canceled. Um, uh, there was an episode that was actually really good. That was an interview with a man who spent time in many death rows and had similar things to say that, that it was actually quite cushy and, uh, you know, and a lot of fictionalized accounts are portray that as well, including the book that I sent you, the Mars room by Rachel mm -hmm. Kushner, which is great by the way. Um, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's similar. You hear like they, they take it easy on the death row inmates, kind of like they're sympathetic. Right. But I did all this research and by that, I mean, I Googled a few things yeah. uh, and that's not across the board. So, you know, we'll raise the question of that. But um, yeah, so like you said, he says, I don't feel bad about it. And he laughs. And d did you find it strange that they kept saying, like, I don't know what his reason was for killing, you know, his, in his roommate, but many people believe it's because he wanted to go to death row. I'm like, he's yeah. practically screaming it at the camera. I'm sure he he's told everyone. He, yeah, he's 
basically, I feel like he even said that, or he was like, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. You know, he was like, I, I knew he, what I was doing. Well, and the and, most chilling part of this whole thing to me, chilling is just like the reenactment and him narrating it. Like, and then yeah. I did this and then I did this. And oh, it's no, just he, like, he literally says it was premeditated. He was like, it was premeditated for sure. I wrote that down. I was like, he said premeditated so <laughs> many said, fucking times. Yeah, he said like, it so many times. Like, pretty sure he planned this murder. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reason, the ultimate reason that they didn't say, yeah, you can plead a death row is because he wanted it. And they're like, well, we can't give him what he wants, you know, which is just so counterintuitive to everything. Um, not that I think he deserves favors for killing someone. I think that's awful. And it's really hard to reconcile with the person that we see come out of him at the end of this episode. Yeah. It's, it's very much like he's a sociopath that could have been a, a totally different person. Yeah, for sure. He had, been. and even now seems to have the potential to be a different person. He gets a little bit of positive attention in his whole life, his whole like outlook changes and he seems much more, genuine as opposed to this uh character that i described as a yeah. uh, gummy mouthed wide-eyed shapeless face that looks like a halloween decoration <laughs> i love that <laughs> he does. in case you're his wondering google james robertson his like... eyes are so, and his teeth it's like he has them but it also feels like he ha- <laughs> does not have them which i don't understand and i don't know if he's u- using drugs or anything they don't mention that um i mean you know, drugs in jail is kind yeah. of a common thing, but it really feels just put on. So anyway, I'm going to move on because I have to. Um, so yeah. How did you feel about his like descriptions of his offenses in jail and like the reason for his being in there for so long? Cause to me it was very vague. Yeah. I didn't really, he, I don't think that he described it a lot at the most I got from it. I learned the most when that investigator kind of mm-hmm. like went down exactly. That That's exactly how and I, I was like, "Whoa!" There's like pages and pages and pages of offenses in there. Yeah, and I did. I wrote down that James uh, doesn't seem to understand anything about a record. Like he doesn't have the cognitive ability to think before he acts. I don't think he had any intention of getting out of prison. No, that was know? never his goal. It was like a rat that gets chased into a mm-hmm. different cage and it's like, okay, now this is where I live. Yeah. And like, he yeah. probably wouldn't have known what to do if he got out, you know? Well, and he probably, he would have offended and gotten back in, which is actually yeah. sadly, sadly common. Um, yeah. It, this is his way of life. And I wrote somewhere that, um, uh, you know, I, I, f- I find that in a lot of um, cases of true crime, that I, you know, hear on podcasts or read about or whatever, mostly podcasts. Um, they, in the stories that involve true psychopaths, which doesn't necessarily mean you're evil. It only means that you don't have a conscience, really, and mm-hmm. you don't have empathy. Yeah. Um, there's a sliding scale from sociopath to psychopath, and then there's, you know, someone that's psychotic, and that's a whole different ball game. Um, but somebody that, but these, these people that we read or listen about that are these heinous monsters, these psychopaths that are violent, it doesn't seem to phase them when they're caught. They will try to avoid being caught because that's part of the game. That's part of the rush, right? 
Mm. But when they get caught, it's like they're in jail. They're in, they're in court smiling. You know, it's like, I'm God of my own world. So who cares if I'm in prison? That makes literally no difference to me. Like they're weirdly chameleon like in that way. Yeah. Like their only intention is to just wreak whatever kind of havoc is their kink wherever they can. Yeah. Again, which is kind of like an animal. Right. Yeah. I agree. It's just, it's weird. It's just hard to get your, you know, like, what are they thinking? (laughs) It's just such like a weird mindset. It's very hard to relate to somebody who doesn't think Mm -hmm. about things like that, you know, who doesn't spin a web of, yeah, spin a web of like, if this, then bing, 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 like, here's the possibilities of what might happen. Um, I think if you, maybe because we have something to lose and he literally had nothing to lose. He didn't have a family. That's an excellent point. He didn't have like anything. That's an excellent point. You get a gold star. (laughs) Ding, ding. (laughs) Ding, ding. I need a bell. I need a little bell on my tiny table. Um, That's such a good point because there's such a high correlation between violent offenders and negligent home lives, you know, and that again, brings us to, like, nature or nurture, which, quite frankly, it's always some nature, some nurture, but, like, a lot of nature and no nurture, <laughs> then, yeah, you have less to lose. You, you, like, like that guy who did the investigation, I wrote his name down somewhere. Um, so, Mike Gottfried is the name of the man who compiles the investigation later on in the episode that is... Uh, an investigation into James as a person beyond prison that's meant to, sorry, it's a pre-sentence investigation Mm -hmm. that is meant to uh, determine whether he is eligible for death row, which is such a strange thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's like trying to get into hell. Yeah, Um, exactly. And they'd almost, they didn't, it was like, they didn't want to grant it to him or something. Right, exactly. It's it's like a kid who would rather be in his room and the parents are like, Mm -hmm. well, no, I'm not going to send you to time out because you like being in your room. (laughs) Yeah. Although most parents don't understand that it's not a punishment if they like being in their room. PSA, (laughs) if your kid likes their room, don't make that the time out spot. End of PSA. Okay. Anyway, um, so we should get into more into his crime or his biggest crime. Um, So... James is being kept in close management indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say indefinitely because he keeps fucking up. Like he, yeah, he's, he's, I believe genuinely surprised that he's still in there. Yeah. I mean, he had, he like that. One of the inmates who knew him was yeah. saying like, you have an option <laughs> of being in there, you know, yeah. as long as you do what you're supposed to do. And it's, you will get blows, out. Of what blows my mind is like, what, what is he do? They don't get into it, but like, what is he doing in a small room by himself? Like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I unless yeah. he's with a roommate the entire time and they don't talk about that. It, they didn't make it clear, but even so it just, it boggles my mind, even though I, I probably shouldn't be surprised because anybody's yeah. capable of anything, but like you're in a room with nothing for 23 hours a day how do you make trouble unless you hurt yourself? In which case you'd yeah. be going to the hospital, you'd be going to the infirmary all the time. Well, I think it was like, um, 
I think he would be let out sometimes, but he wouldn't get as much time as mm-hmm. others. Sure. Or fights with, um, like, the guards and stuff. Which makes it so weird that they put him with a pers- another person in the first mm-hmm. place, since he's known to be so violent. That's known, true. You know, he can't get out of close management. He doesn't understand why he can't get out of close management. But he understands, he under, like, it, understanding isn't necessary for behavior. All that yeah. matters is that there's a pattern in his life where the more he misbehaves, the more attention he gets. And so he's just going to keep doing it until something changes. And that's how he dri- he's driven to fucking murder someone. As soon mm-hmm. as the opportunity was there, he murdered someone. He's like, oh, God, they'll take me out for this. You know, it's not like he wrote a formal, like, plan. It's just a pattern of behavior. And it got that bad. Do you think that he was, you know, kind of felt driven to do all of those, like, little crimes? Not probably not that little crimes, to stay in close management. Because he acted like it was, he didn't understand why he was in close management for no, so long. And he I was don't just think like, he, he yeah. hated being in there. And he thought it was so you know, unfair and stuff. I think he has no alternate mode. That's all he, like, however many years before he went in there, 20 years before he went in there, that's all he ever knew is I make trouble and I, like, sometimes I get away with it and sometimes I don't. And also that guy that was talking, his former cellmate that hates him, said (laughs) that... (laughs) He really hated him. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why the fuck he would say I'm I'm his friend, I'm his friend. I hate that guy. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) That's what he said. His quote is, that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, which I don't blame him. God, imagine living with him. Yeah. Uh, but he said that his way of describing James was, if he thinks he can get away with doing something or with hurting you, he'll do it. If he does mm-hmm. not think he can get away with it, he will not do it. So a lot of this stuff was not conspicuous. He didn't do it to get in trouble. He did it probably to get attention from other people. Um, yeah. And, and for the thrill of getting away with it to some degree like you know he, he was trying to be surreptitious to a certain degree but also I think like his brain is trained to make us to make a stink like mm-hmm. to make a scene because yeah. that's all that's ever gotten him what any he, attention any or attention. just like just anything and I think he thought if I'm bad enough he probably was thinking for years, if I'm bad enough, they'll put me in death row. And then finally he was like, well, those things didn't work. I mean, they might've gotten me this. They might've gotten me my own cell. They might've gotten me whatever. They, he was probably gaining something from it. You know, who, who the fuck knows? Like, clearly he was getting something out of it. Yeah. Because otherwise his behavior would have changed. It would have stopped. If it wasn't reinforcing him somehow, either from the attention or from perhaps he got to go outside because he was like, driving everyone nuts who knows i mean we don't know the intricacies of how they dealt with it they may have been inadvertently you know giving him something he wanted without knowing it because he's crazy like he wants to be on death row so who knows what was making him happy um but i do think that you know he realized at some point he had to escalate his his mischief yeah and even after all of those offenses they decide to give him a roommate that's Bonkers. And I didn't even really think about that till I said it a few minutes ago, but like, what, why did this, I, I say poor man, he's a child molester or whatever, but like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean he deserved what happened to him because it's yeah. really ugly. So, okay. So 
to James, it's an injustice that he's in close management, despite the fact that he breaks any and all rules anytime he can. Um, he believes his behavior should be expected. So that's part of it too. He seems to have this attitude of like, we're in fucking prison. What do you expect? Like, you know, it's almost like he's like, we're the mafia. Yeah, you know, we kill people. What do you expect? Yeah. But uh, so he sort of thinks like, it's, it's a lack of, of awareness and understanding. And to me, that's, you know, a low intelligence and a, and a processing issue. He doesn't um, equate consequences with his behavior. He just doesn't. No. Nope. Um, exactly. So, oh, that's what I, <laughs> I'm right where my notes are. Ah, that just came out of my mouth without me looking down. And or doesn't seem to equate constant misbehavior with consistent punishment. You memorized so he, it. Oh, yeah. He's expecting something else. It's not, but it's not working anymore. And it might have been working for him for a while. Who knows? Maybe there was a guard that cut him some slack, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so his solution, since it's not working anymore, is to... Murder his cellmate! Murder some random guy that he could have... It could have literally been anyone. It could have been Elmo. And he's yeah, I think he him. said that when he found out he was getting a roommate, he made the plan. Yeah! And then he's like, him. oh, sweet, he's a child molester. Then no, then no sweat. Yeah. But it's not like he killed him because he was a child molester. Like, he couldn't have cared less. No. Uh, no he, he wouldn't have mattered who it was. Yeah. He said, it was premeditated. I wanted to get on death row. Yep. Again, he says premeditated like 40 times in this episode. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, we think we know why he did this. <laughs> Prison system's whack. Yeah. Wiggity whack. Like uh, he literally says. Also, I want to break in here and say that your scrunchie looks mm -hmm. like your hair has a purple streak. And now I need you to get a purple yes. streak in your hair. Seth. You should totally Maybe. do it when the salon's okay. open. Get a purple streak. Yeah, or I can try by myself. Yeah. I want to do the Kool-Aid thing because I have blonde hair. Yeah. I'm afraid it's going to turn my hair green. It'll wash out. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho. <laughs> so let's take a breather and talk about uh, quality of show. Quality of, okay. uh, like, ethical quality, production quality, the narration, which there was not really any in this one. Content. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is <laughs> yes. I hated the music in this show the whole time. It was the whole, uh, what the whole it time was like such like a dun, dun. I, I can't even remember. It was remember. sort of like um fuck like not house hunters but like it was too cheerful right? It, it was just like a kind of cheerful but it was like so on the same tone very like to, monotonous the whole time. Hold on. I need to hear it. I want to be accurate in my review because I remember it reminding me of something, but I can't, now I can't remember what it was, but yeah. I didn't even think about the music, but I'm so happy. I don't know why that bothered me, Glad but it was just on that. so, I'm really happy um, you picked up on that. Oh no, I don't want this episode. I am, oh, wait, okay. Stop it. Stop it. How do I go to the, oh, here we go. I hate that Netflix like forces you to watch a trailer. It's really oh, fucking yeah. annoying. I don't want the next episode. Sorry, this is great content. <laughs> okay, means to an end. Okay, uh, this face. 
<laughs> See if we can play a little bit of it. Okay, we're gonna play a little bit with the, the nurses talking under it. Oh shit, I don't wanna play the murder. Sorry, I'm gonna share. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen with you. Okay. With sound. And then we can talk about the, the I guess the clip and the music. <laughs> okay. All right. Six minutes, five or six minutes, four minutes. This, like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah, but it was like this the whole time. Well, let's get to the, here, this part with the, ugh, his stupid laugh. I don't know why it bothered me. I think it's just because it never really changes. deal with a lot of like this? frustration, mm -hmm. a lot of anger, a lot of uh, attempted suicides because <laughs> of the fact yeah. that they are isolated. They don't have the, the amount of phone calls. They don't have the amount of visits. The general yeah, I would say that's kind of a generic background noise for this type of show. Yeah, maybe. But I can also see it in like a... Um, a scene of like someone being suspicious in the rain in a movie. So yeah, in that way, it's a little cheesy and it is constant. You're right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's that it just never really escalates. Well, I'm going to find it. I'm going to use it as the backtrack of this <laughs> podcast. So and I'm going to unplug my sound. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm all finished recording, but I will never listen. <laughs> I will not support you. No. Um, but I don't know. I think that was my only problem. I think it was a good show quality wise, production wise. Yeah. I felt like they put it, some money into this. Yeah. It just felt a little slow for me. I do agree with that. I, yeah. It almost could have been like, I feel like there's, there was content enough for them to make a movie out of this. Sorry. Yeah. Bugs. Um, it felt long. It did feel long as yeah. interesting as the, the content is, it felt long. And I think that's because they stacked interview after okay we're going to interview this one person for like 10 minutes and then we're going to have this other person talk for 10 minutes like they didn't integrate yeah they didn't do it by thought or by topic and mm -hmm. it also bothered me that they didn't introduce the cousin which we'll talk about that his like one one link to life his one family that's ever loved him mm -hmm. um until the end i'm like what i know couldn't you have given us that insight and it would have been so much it's, it's, I don't think it should have been a reveal. Why is that a reveal? That's like the reason he's in jail. Like it's all of stuff that you should talked about at the fucking end. Mm -hmm. So I do take issue with that. But, you know, yeah. the first time I watched it, I didn't take any notes. I just watched it while I took my bath. Um, and I feel like I retained not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it again. Are you and I was drinking like, wine? <laughs> No, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. It's just it didn't stick. Like, because it's so, like, I don't know. I guess because it wasn't framed in a way that, a format that, like, my brain is used to. I don't know. Like, I'm Yeah, not, it was a little bit different. Um, yeah. Or maybe because there wasn't, maybe they could have added, like, some of those live action scenes. Right, <laughs> like reenactment. It was a lot of talking yeah, heads. It was a lot of talking heads, you know. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much all talking heads. And that's... Yep. 
Yeah, and the only, like, reenactment they had was images of, like, what it was, what was it, like, what his life was like as a kid, and then it was just, like, uh-oh, you cut off. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, the only reenactment they had, my cat just made a really weird noise, um, he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think he likes that I moved the table, he's like, we're <laughs> in the same spot my mom's not in the same spot um anyway yeah they yeah i agree with you it did, they, those don't have to be cheesy you know and i i feel like i don't know maybe they really didn't have as much to work with you know but yeah but yes whatever it was a lot of information and when i say i didn't retain it mm-hmm. i mean like when i was like at first after the first watch i was like i just I remember it, like, clearly, I remember how it ends, blah, 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 but, like, it's not fresh in my mind, it's not taking over my mind, you know, usually when I watch yeah. something, if I watch an episode of Intervention, my, <laughs> my show that I watch constantly, um, it's, like, in my head for the next day, you know, yeah. they kind of run together, but still, this just didn't stick in my head, even though this guy is, like, putting on his googly face and whatever, but, uh, but when I rewatched it, I remember, I was like, oh, I remember all this, like, to the point that I was like, did I write this down already? You know, so <laughs> it's just a yeah. lot of that. It's kind of like, school. it wasn't like exciting. Yeah, it wasn't. No, um, it's a little schooly. It's a little schoolish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and but you know what I think what saves it is just that the story is compelling. Like, and yeah. You, and they're and, talking to, they're interviewing the actual killer. Right. So but it's kind of, yeah. it's one of those things that like, I, if I were not doing an episode on it, I would have been doing other things while it was on, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, like a flip, like a flipping show. Mm-hmm. Like flip or flop. As, yeah. Better than that, but <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Tark. Also, his name's Tark. Tark, I hate him. Okay, that's another, another episode. You hate Tark? I hate Tark. Yeah. He's the worst. But I also, every time I see... Christina on the coast. I'm like, ugh. They're both ugh. They're, They're both ugh. ugh. They're all ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah. Agreed. Quality. I think we kind of feel the same way. I feel like you enlightened me about the quality. And, like, because I'm one of this, I'm kind of this person that's like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Except for we watched uh, On the Basis of Sex the other night. Did you see that movie? Mm-mm. And I was like, I have a lot of fucking criticism. <laughs> Kyler was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think because there I are, like... Hmm? I was just going to say there are some shows that are like this, like very educational, but at the same time, like Morning. the show, yeah, like that Scientology show, or just mm-hmm. maybe it's a topic that I just find really interesting. I think it's, you know, I think, no, I think you're... It also has I to do with the right. host, too. It has to do with those. I think you're right, though, because I think the reason that I was like, yeah, I like it is because I like the topic because I love mm-hmm. true crime. Not because yeah. the show's amazing. Yeah. Um, whereas the Scientology show, which I have not watched yet, it seems like, I mean, you were telling me like it's a good show and like Leah Remini is mm-hmm. freaking great, you know, so. Yeah, she's like that. hilarious and just like a really yeah. good. I think a good word that doesn't describe this show as a whole is compelling. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> It is not, it does not fit the compelling. It's not compelling. Bill. Like at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just peters out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
like a like a nineties. It's like a chronological. It's like event. in the nineties where they decided that the cool thing was to not end a song and just let it fade out. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to stop the song anymore. I hate that. Yeah. Well, I don't hate it, but like, if someone does it now, I'm like, really? Yeah. Um, sorry, Old that was like man. a huge, loud spit swallow. I'm sorry. I'm really sensitive to that when other people do it, and now I'm just here like, ah, it doesn't count if I do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so back to the heinous crime. In 2008, uh, when Jackie and I were both attending Gavilan Community College and going to Panera and mm-hmm. Ross every day of our lives <laughs> between classes. Yes. And Jackie, oh, poor Jackie. That was when you were so sick. I know. Oh. I was really sick at that time. Yeah. Jackie has Crohn's. She's not like a drug addict or anything. Don't worry. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, I can edit that out if you don't I want people to know you have recovery. Well, yeah. When you say sick, I mean, who knows what it means? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is crazy. I do that too, where you, whenever you see on the TV the date that it happened, you like think yeah. back what, what you were I? doing during that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, like I always do that, especially if it's early '90s. I'm like, oh, I was only three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, while we were shopping at Ross, um, James <laughs> moved into a shared close management. S- I'm sorry. <laughs> Sounded so We were at Pan Pan. <laughs> Pan Panera. I can't, actually, that's not true. They have some good salads now. I don't, I don't, yeah. I can't eat the bread. Well, neither can you, but. I can't like eat anything anymore. I'll get into that later, but. Oh, Jackie, just drink wine. <laughs> I can't drink that either right now. Can you smoke? <laughs> Do you smoke? Weed? Yeah. yeah. Um, just CBD. Oh, okay. Does that help with the pain at all or it just chills you out? Just chills me out. Not really the pain. If anything, kind of like, not worsens the pain, but if, you're I, more aware if I have a headache. Yeah. I don't oh, know. I it doesn't really do that. much for pain, but it kind of gives me a headache. I, yeah. Sometimes that happens to me too with a headache. Oh, sorry. I'm going to adjust my headphones real quick. <laughs> used to these. Okay. I have all my like totems. I wore my like favorite podcast shirt. I have like a cup from another one. And then I have my- so <laughs> ready. Such a loser. <laughs> I am such a loser. I have the I wine- love I- it. I have my wine and crime. Nice I love wine-, it. wine key. I have my stay sexy, don't get murdered mug, which is uh <laughs> My favorite murder. And I have my babysitter's club club shirt. Nice. Which, yeah. Do I have anything else? No. Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. So as we've been talking about, for some fucking reason, uh, this crazy guy who's really obsessed with being crazy, um, and it's like his goal, gets put in a shared cell and I know prison overcrowding, et cetera, but like it's yeah. close management. I mean, <laughs> that's where you put people that are either going to kill or be really killed. being closely managed. I no, <laughs> clearly not. Take a sweet time. Okay. No. He's a pure sociopath. He completely is detached. He, as he's talking about his, his plan to murder, he, he throws in the fact that this, uh, this poor man that he killed Frank Hart, who was, yes, in prison for lewd and lascivious acts with a, with a minor or a person's under 17. We don't know what that means. Um, it's not good, but whatever. That's yeah. not relevant. 
in my opinion, to this uh, because yeah. it's clearly not the reason. So uh, James gets up in the middle of the night. Uh, he he's describing this to us. He says, "I get up in the middle." He said, he says, I don't know, that's, that felt wrong. He says he got up in the middle of the night and he had already fashioned a strangulation device, I think, with his bed sheets. I mean, honestly, yeah, something like that. he can't, or a shirt or something. yeah, or a shirt, whatever. And he, and he, he wakes the guy up. He doesn't just kill him. He, this is the part that like really sticks in my craw. I don't know. I'm, I'm 80. <laughs> Remember? Uh, the eight, <laughs> it irks me. Um, he wakes the guy up and he's like, hey, let me tie you up or let me kill you. This is what he says. And the, and the guy says, neither, thanks. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Well, I wrote, I watched it twice. I was like pausing a lot. This is according to, and again, this is according to James, and we don't know that it's true because he does like to sensationalize, and he's very, very yeah. clearly in love with the attention he gets for, for sharing this anecdote with the cameraman, and he's like, you can't believe how crazy I am, right? You're just crazy. You just, like, can't believe it, man, right? right. So, but also it's prison, so, like, there's evidence and shit. So he wakes the guy up and supposedly gives him a choice between being tied up and being killed, which sounds like the same choice. Guy says no. James, who has already determined that he can easily overpower uh, Frank, um, gets behind him and strangles him. And he's like, yeah, took about five or six minutes, you know, <laughs> which is horrible. It's just awful. Strangulation scares the shit out of me. And it's also like, yeah, not it's such a way to go. personal and it's known, you know, in like, like prime psychology. And again, this is, I just know this from listening to a bunch of podcasts, but like it's known to be, you know, a very intimate form of murder. And it's, it's actually more common for women to strangle than men. No, that's stabbing. Hmm. Sorry. That's stabbing. Shit. That's stabbing. I'm sorry. So men, men strangle a lot, but it is a very You're intimate. murders, right? I don't fucking know. Um, whatever. It's like, it's just a really intimate way to kill someone, which seems strange because this guy, it had nothing to do with this guy. But at the same time there, I mean, there's only so many ways to kill someone in prison, I guess. However, yeah. however, this guy is famous for always having a fucking knife. Mm. Where was the knife? He strangled this guy. He's sorry, oh. this James being the guy with the knife, Frank being the guy that was strangled and not stabbed. His knife was probably not very good knife. Uh, or okay. it was confiscated. <laughs> well, he had a million. Like that's what um, yeah. Robert Robert Lynch, the former soulmate that we've been talking about says, uh, who's been in prison with him since the 80s, apparently. I don't know what Robert did, but he seems okay. I mean, I don't he know. He seems like a chill guy. Yeah, but he was also in um, close management, which I keep wanting to call ad seg, because yeah. most prisons call it administrative segregation. Um, he says that chicken head... Which apparently is uh, that's what I'm trying to think of. What did they call him? James, and I get it because he's like mm. he's bald, and he's like you know he's just like yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. a chicken. Ow, that hurt my neck. He looks like a chicken head. Just a head, though. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so chicken head. He says chicken head always needs his knife. 
And his, basically his point is everybody can be, you know, standing around, no weapons, and they're arguing about, like, a, who won a game of, like, fucking jacks. And this guy will go get his knife, basically. He, es- he always escalates it to the next level. And, and basically Robert's uh, last words on James are, look, you can come here to get better or you can come here to get worse. You can mm-hmm. stay here forever if you want. And basically, that's what he's saying. James that's wants to stay there forever, and it's true. That's his intention. And it's not even an intention. It's less than an intention. It's just where he is. He doesn't even have the wherewithal to have the intention to get out. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he kills the guy. He kills Frank. He does. He kills Frank. Nobody seems to give a shit about Frank. <laughs> No one cares about Frank. I mean, no one cares about anybody. That's also, it's also hard. Okay, back to quality, or at least, like, I don't know. um, Quality, what's the word? Um, Yeah. Watchability. Mm -hmm. Being compelling. Uh, They don't make you care. They They don't try to make you care about this main character until the last five minutes of this episode. So, like, yeah, I'm sitting exactly. here, he's not enough of a monster for me to be fascinated by him, you know? He's not Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever the fuck, like, even though that's kind of old potatoes, but, like, you know what I mean. Um, and I don't, I'm not given any reason to care about him, so I'm just getting testimony after testimony about how he's, like, crazy uh, and he wants to be on death row. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's not any... There isn't really any more. There's no depth, to and him. there could be depth. Yeah. There could be so much more depth, and and the only person who provides it is Mike Gottfried, the guy who compiles the investigation and actually talks mm-hmm. about him as a person and explains what I feel like is the obvious, but that you know, James never had a chance. You know, yeah. his socioeconomic background was was shit and like even his cousin says like his parents did not care about him his parents there was a lot of substance abuse you know all that stuff he was hit with a switch he was abused he was neglected um he really didn't have a chance and and this guy mike says you know when i went to interview him he was so polite and happy to talk to me and it's like yeah because he just wants someone to listen to him yeah he just wants to talk to somebody he's in a he's not a people pleaser, but he does want attention. So, you know, people, especially the prison system is not understanding or just doesn't want to acknowledge that this guy needs psychological help, but they just want to call him evil. And the fact is he never would have become evil as we call it a murderer if he had gotten help or hug, you know, fuck like, geez. So, um, yeah, so it leads to a criminal behavior, but it's a small, it's like small this, small that, small this, small that, and it escalates only because that's the only way that he can, he knows how to function. Like right. murder. It was just like the next chain on how do I get what I want? I'm sorry, the next link in the chain of how do I get what I want? Um, I guess he went to boys' schools and shit. I don't know, but his violence started at 12 is what they say. Uh... I don't want to repeat myself. <laughs> was he in prison or did he go to jail as a child too or juvenile? No, he went to boys schools, which I think are like, oh, you know, okay. when they wake you oh, up yeah. in the middle of the night and they take you to like, they're, they're a bunch more like rare now because, homes? yeah, probably a private, 
place that beat the shit out of him is my guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, especially at the time that he would have been growing up, it was very common. And even not that, not even that long ago, it was really common for parents to send them, their children to these places that promised to be like re- rehabilitative and supportive and like, you know, all that jazz, but turned out to be like work camps basically where kids got beaten. I've read a memoir. I can't remember his name, but I've read this memoir about one person's experience. I had a client whose mother was sent to one of those when she was a teenager and told me all about it. It was freaking horrifying. So, and a next door neighbor, my next door neighbor growing up got sent to one. Mm-hmm. and her life did not turn out well. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's a lot of trauma. It's awful. So anyways, the investigation uh, proves that it, co- that it, you know, basically with his murder and his record, like he's not going to be considered someone who can be rehabilitated. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, yeah, let's put him on death row. I should mention that the other reason that there is hesitation to put someone on death row probably is that it costs more money. That makes it's, sense. Especially the health if, and stuff. Especially, yes. It's because especially if this death row is quote unquote paradise. Like Beverly Hills. <laughs> Beverly Hills as nurse Anne. What did she say? Hold on. Said, she said, oh. I have the quote. <laughs> she says, going from close management to death row is like going from the slums to Beverly Hills, and she calls it, like, she said that he probably saw it as a safe haven. She also said that he probably felt like he had made it. Like, if he gets to death row, for him, that's making it. That's like Mm -hmm. being, you know. He's made it to the top. Steph Curry or whatever in his mind. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Like my topical reference from five years ago. (laughs) Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> I know he's still around, but, like, basketball, nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, just because, like, what a narcissist. His lawyer, his, yeah, lawyer his lawyer who insisted, the fifth lawyer, the lawyer that ended up representing James, that insisted on filming in his boat and in <laughs> front of his pool and, like, where you could see his car, like, the whole, it was just I didn't think shots. of that until now. So he, like, he didn't seem like a bad guy, but, like, he's like, yeah, I really wanted to, I was confused, and James was nice, and I want, you know, this was strange, and whatever, da, da, da. And he's, like, in his, like, riverboat, and it shows the back, it pans out to the back, and the, the boat is, it says, it's called The Defense Rests. <laughs> Midlife crisis boat. Um, yeah. But he says, like, yeah, whatever. He doesn't really give us any new information. He gives basic for him. He he definitely had sympathy for. He did, and I he did. He had a lot of sympathy for him, mm-hmm. and he was basically alluding to what we were talking about. Like he never had a chance, which is true. But they should have fucking explained why before yes. this whole thing, because yes. we didn't know that. We're like, okay, it just. When they put it out of order like that, it made it sound like this guy was just throwing out lines. Like, yeah, poor kid, probably didn't have a chance, you know? When, it, when in fact, like you said, he had genuine sympathy for him. Yeah. And um, I'm making fun of his uh, conspicuous consumption, but I do think he seemed like probably a pretty good lawyer, like a, a decent lawyer. 
um, especially for a defense lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah. No offense to Adam, who will listen to this. Love you, Adam. <laughs> Not talking about you. Uh, so I just watched too much Law and Order. That's all. <laughs> um, oh, but he had a corgi, which was really. Oh yeah. Um, and then I was like, "Ugh, we need to show off the pool in the house." And I drew an eye roll emoji. <laughs> do you remember in sixth grade when I swear to God I never did? I swear I will take this to my grave. Miss Gam would yell at me in front of the whole class for quote rolling my eyes. Yes, I remember I that. I fucking never rolled my eyes, dude. My eyes I do this weird that. thing. This lid closes. <laughs> it closes slower than this lid. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. There's somebody, you've seen me sleep. My eyes don't even close, okay? My eyelids are weird. That was awful. Miss Gam was a beat, okay? Miss Gam, if you're listening, <laughs> how's your husband? I just like, ugh, you know they're she married, definitely right? had her favorites. Who? Miss Gam and um, Mr. Broughton. Oh, yeah. Short shorts. I, yeah. I yeah, she had her favorites. She was she actually her favorites. I remember, like, I don't know why I have this memory, but the last day of school, when she was going around telling everyone what she like saw in them or whatever, like saying goodbye to each student. She didn't do that to me. Yeah, she did. Oh, right. She literally went around to every oh. student. And was like, you're, um, you know, didn't. said things that she liked about them. Clearly didn't mean like, anything to me. Things. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she just skipped right past you. I have but a good memory, but I don't remember that. <laughs> she, like, went to Myra, and, and to Myra, she was like, you have, like, the looks and the brains and all of that. Like, I don't remember what Oh, so you're pretty, said. so we love you. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I remember that. Because I don't remember what she said to me, but I know she didn't tell me, like, she was mean to Vanessa. I have the looks, you know, because I wasn't blonde. <laughs> no one else has the looks. Yeah, because Myra looks like you. Looks like she could be your daughter. Ish. <laughs> uh, she, I remember she was actually mean to Vanessa, too. Really? I think she had, like, she liked, Maybe? she liked the, like, Lauren Conrad. It was, like, pissy. Yeah. Because, like, Myra is Lauren oh, Conrad, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Myra, if you're listening, I mean that as a compliment. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's not listening to my podcast. She doesn't know me. She has a baby. I mean, she knows me, but kind of like not since yeah. third grade or sixth grade. I do love Myra. She's great and she's beautiful. Um, but that's a shitty thing for a sixth grade teacher to do. <laughs> like, yeah. you're nice. You're funny. Myra, you're beautiful and nice and funny and smart. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. So cool. Now if I don't look like Myra, I suck. <laughs> oh, Myra. <laughs> Poor Myra. It's not I her know. fault. She just that was, that's just, she's beautiful. She's a tall, she's the tall blonde one that like, she was quiet but smart and she had confidence and she's yes. kicking ass, taking names. Yeah. Good for Myra. But yeah, but in my opinion, Vanessa, she's gorgeous, but she's exotic. And I think that Miss Gam like intimidated by her <laughs> yeah she liked her prototype she liked her instagram before yeah. instagram you know <laughs> she liked her instagram girls not her uh shakira 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 girls yeah fucking suck it, <laughs> that's just fucking killing it all right yeah and sarah doesn't eye roll 
I don't. I never ask anyone. There's something wrong even with my eyelids. Did, even if you like did a couple times, why does she care so much? Like, why did she take personal offense? I that was traumatizing. I don't ever like, want attention so on me. Like, weird, that. you know. I mean, I clearly want attention, but not. <laughs> I don't. I've never in my entire life tried to get negative attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? That guy, yeah. I mean, maybe when I was a baby, but or like little. And it was like, ew, I don't even know. It was like I'm a like people a, pleaser. It was like a trigger for her or something. She had to maybe like I get maybe I reminded her of like the daughter part, the part of her daughter she fucking hated. <laughs> yeah, maybe she reminded. Maybe you reminded her of herself. <laughs> when maybe. She was, oh, I hope when not. She was your age. I really hope not. <laughs> I, she was nothing like me at my age. Are you kidding? There's no way that she would podcast from her kitchen with two cats eating tuna right in the corner over there. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. No. She'd be like, let's talk about Egypt and let's make some transparencies. (laughs) I always remember, um, we had to watch those fucking cave videos. Okay, we have to get back on track. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry. It's really just, this is the end. But, um, so yeah, they, they just... (laughs) But really suck it in this game. Um, <laughs> just kidding. My mom. If my mom, I'm I'm just kidding. I'd probably cut all this out anyways. <laughs> Is Miss Gam friends with your mom? No, but she'd just be like, Sarah, that's oh. inappropriate. That's not okay. You don't know who's gonna listen to this. My mom doesn't talk like this. But this is my mom voice anyway. Yeah, you do always use that voice for your mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> love you, mom. My mom, I love um, my mom. She's definitely gonna listen to this. I love her too. Mom, Jackie loves you. Okay. Love you. Miss you. Mwah. Okay. Um so yeah, Back anyways. To James Robertson. James motherfucking Robertson gets death row. He gets what he wants. And that's kind of the end until uh we are there like the end. Oh wait! Did you guys give a shit about where this guy came from? Did you want to know that he has family out there that suddenly loves him? We'll just, you know, tack that on at the end. And now you can care about him. And you can feel like a bad person for not liking him before, which is, like, completely unfair because we did not have context. And also, he's a murderer. So, like, all right. Yeah. So, this guy, Daryl, who's, like, the nicest person on the planet, lives in Tennessee. and he What? His cousin. Oh, I thought you said it's right. Kevin, and I'm like, I thought it was Daryl. <laughs> I swear to God, uh, <laughs> oh, he scared no. me. He scared me. Okay, Daryl, <laughs> the cousin, lives in Tennessee, and he's the only ten I see. I'm just kidding. <laughs> not really. No, he's not. He just seems nice. Well, I mean, he's fine. I actually he has a family. I can't remember what he looks like. <laughs> so he tells but, us. Yeah. He's like, he's James a nice is, man. he's a nice so man. So I can see the, I can no, see I'm not the into him. I was just making a joke. I was making a pun. Uh. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, um, my face is all red. Oh my God. <laughs> Kyla, it's tall. not true. I'm just kidding. No, it's just because I'm excited. And also I'm like sweating. I have a fan on me, but I'm sweating anyway. Ew. I'm in a corner. I'm stuck in a corner with the microwave. Okay. Anyway. James has, uh, so he's like, James has been forgotten and abandoned by his family for like fucking 20 plus years. No support yeah. whatsoever. 
Um, so Daryl's younger, so he has only known James to be a prisoner. James has been in, in prison almost for Daryl's whole life, ever since he's yeah. met him. Uh, he, and he happened to think about him, and I'm sure he was already thinking about him, but he happened to contact him after, he, after James had been in, uh, on death row for about a year. Uh, so this should be like either 2013 or 2014. Um, and Daryl, interestingly enough, is such a good person. He didn't even know about the death row. He just had a moment where he was like, I have a cousin who was literally thrown away into the system. And yes, that is literal because he yeah. was thrown into the system. So don't correct think, me. What? Which that is just so horrifying. I don't know. Like, no, oh, just the fact that um, he reached, just the fact that he didn't know him at mm-hmm, all growing mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. except maybe as kids. Right. And then. No, he never him. knew him. Even He only ever knew him as a prisoner. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. But I just think it's really big of him to even want to reach out and have Absolutely. And well, be and it, that good of a person. Because if I had, you know, it's not going to make me sound like a good person, but, you know, if I knew of like a distant cousin or whatever that just was in prison. It'd freak you out. I don't know if I would reach out, you know. I probably you know, wouldn't. I wonder if, I wonder if that's true, though, because I wonder, because it stopped me if I'm like, spilling all your business but like you there's dysfunction in your there's fucking dysfunction in my family for sure not so much in my immediate family but like for you like if you knew that somebody were in prison and you like what if you found out like you had a half sister or something and she was in prison but you're like well what fucking chance did she have because you can kind of see what she went through if she was this like forgotten child Maybe, yeah, maybe they had a similar upbringing or something. That's what I'm thinking. You know, that can... That's what I'm thinking. Because, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I agree. I totally think that they... That Daryl has... And he talks with understanding of, like... I mean, Daryl's mother is James's mother's sister. So, like, for me, I know a lot about my mom's sisters and and their lives. And I can, I can relate to, I'm not going to get into specifics here because I don't want to denigrate anyone's reputation or memory. Um, But I can definitely imagine if I had been older when this thing, these things were going on, I can imagine, I mean, there are members of my family that have been in prison and I know about it now as an adult, but if I had been an adult at the time, knowing their situation and knowing certain siblings of my mother's and the way that they parented or didn't parent Mm -hmm. I could being who I am I definitely think not that I'm saying I'm a good person but just like that's just like I have that like yeah you know that tug to help everybody I can Mm -hmm. see myself reaching out Um, yeah just because there's so much fucked up in this and I know that there's so much fucked up in this and this guy Daryl must understand that too sorry go ahead yeah I think, I mean, I definitely think that it would depend, you know, Yeah. it would kind of depend on the situation. If it's someone that I oh, didn't certainly. know at all, well, and if it's like, that's what oh, I think they must have been. If it's like, oh, here's your, and James, I mean, Daryl, he didn't know that James was on death row. So he didn't know that James had murdered anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So that yeah. was probably a factor as well. Although he did stick around, but I'm like thinking, okay, 
if this never happened, but if my mom's nephew or if my aunt's son or whatever had like gang raped a bunch of women and then locked them in a room and then like, or not gang raped, but like raped, I don't know, just fucking like did like a terrible thing. Like, you know, like that guy who killed all, I can't remember his name, who he locked a bunch of nursing students in a room and killed all of them. Like if it was something like that, hell fucking no, I'm not visiting you. I don't care what you went through. Like that's sick. That's horrendous. But you know, if it's someone that you feel like they're probably redeemable and that does seem to be what Daryl gets back and what he feels. He's like, James literally never experienced love. Yeah. You know, he's never been with a woman. He never had a family that gave a shit. He's never had a job. He's never had anything to be proud of. This is like his first experience with love. It's insane. Yeah. And it's so sweet how he like involves his kids and they draw pictures for him and stuff. The prolific letters that are sent back is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just this entirely different James. And and I I feel like that resonates so much for me because it's like, see what happens when you actually respond in a different way and you try doing something rehabilitative imagine if the system had gave a shit and you know provided this for him when he was 16 they could have put him in a foster home that's all it would have taken a foster home that was good I mean of course and counseling Mm -hmm. I mean his behavior it's all just crying out for help and it got to the point where help wasn't even the goal anymore it's just crying out you know yeah that's what I can do he probably just gave up on anything happening with his life. Right. And the only way to push his agenda forward was to be more and more violent and misbehaving. Um, Yeah. To the point where he didn't even care, where he like knew he would die eventually. Yeah. And that's a really good, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's a great point um, that he, he's not suicidal. Yeah. He's just resigned. But now, and it's like he has this connection now after being put in death row. Doesn't seem to change his mind about death row. Um, Having a family suddenly, which for some reason I respect. (laughs) Like, I don't know why. That's a weird thing to say about this person. But, Mm -hmm. excuse me, it's sort of like he, he's not in it to get something from these people. He's, this, this is the first time he's being genuine in his life. Because he's never been able to be vulnerable before. And, and Daryl says it took a year for James to believe that Daryl actually gave a shit. Right. It took him a year to say, okay, I feel comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Which it's is like... Standoffish. Yeah, first. trauma, 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 trauma. Like, trauma, lack of developmental skills, and, you know, this, this oppositional defiance, whatever, even if it's not that specific disorder, like, that's how he learned to survive, was to be the opposition at all times. So, yeah. he, so basically the consensus here by Daryl's family is that James was not born evil. He's just never been loved. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, like, Daryl is truly an incredible person. He's able to appreciate all the factors of the story, which James never had before. No one ever considered anything until that, well, I guess yeah. I should say until that pre-interview, or sorry, pre-sentencing interview or investigation which did get him what he wanted, got him death row, which is, this whole thing is so ironic and twisted, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, 
I call this the double take moment. At the very end, they show James 65 days later after the filming um, where he, I mean, it's, he clearly this whole time that we've seen him has known Daryl, but the time he comes back is when they ask him about Daryl and it's like, he's a different person. Right. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so crazy? I thought that was because, yeah. Tell me how you felt. Like, did it make you want to go back and be like, wait, maybe I don't hate him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely understood him more. I think in that moment Mm -hmm. uh, or when he came back, he, he, yeah, he just was a different person. And I think that he had resigned to the fact of being, you know, on death row, he's going to die. I think, I don't know, my opinion on that is maybe he just, he just didn't have any other options at that point. But I think that having Daryl and like his family and his life, um, like he said somewhere in that interview, I think that he, you know, now he has a reason to not mess up, you know, now he feels like he has a reason to. And it's heartbreaking how them. it's a lot, but it's a little, you know, it's a mm-hmm. lot, but how little that took, mm-hmm. how little that took. And I swear, this is how I feel. Like I go into situations in, in my work working with kids who have behavioral disorders. And I've had these amazing experiences, you know, there's no murder involved. So it's really just this double take moment for the parents where, and I'm not trying to give myself credit. It's it's the science of behavior where we turn something around and we provide that one little thing, that one little thing, that magic thing that's going to motivate this individual to try. And it's, this is what you see. And it's wild. And parents are, I can't tell you the amount of times that parents have said to me, he's never done that before, or he never does that with me, or I've never seen that before. And it's like, well, you didn't have the tools. He didn't have the tools. She, he, she, they didn't have the tools. And James never had the tools and he never had anybody that gave a shit about giving him to him. And I feel like the prison system knew that and didn't care. They were like, you're, you're money, you're money to us. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. You're annoying and you're money and it's awful. And what I wrote is like kind of my, yeah, I actually wrote similar to what you said. I wrote resigned and I, I underlined it and I put down his last quote, I think was it's over, man. Yeah. Which is sad. So it leaves oh. you pretty clear and pretty bleak. <laughs> you watch this. And he said he wants, and do you remember the last or one of the last things I said too is, which I thought was a little weird. Let me know what you think. Sure. But um, he, the interview were yeah. asked him how he'd want to be remembered. Oh, right. And he says, someone who always speaks the truth. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's just a, I didn't even bother writing it down because I felt like that was just what somebody like said. The first once thing that came. Like, to somebody said that once and he... It, it makes him feel good about himself. Like, yeah, I don't it's like think a it comes quality. Yeah. I don't think it comes from anything except it's, it's repetitive. It's more of the act and like a, a good line, kind of like how he used that whole child molestation thing as an excuse. Like he's imitating what he thinks you're supposed to say or do. Mm-hmm. 
which is another thing you see in people with sociopathic traits or people with developmental disabilities. <laughs> they don't know, they don't have the skills, they don't have the social skills. So when they're asked a question, they don't process it and give an answer. They memorize what's supposed, mm -hmm. they feel this answer is supposed to be. And I agree with you, that's odd. That's an odd answer. Someone always told the truth, you're a criminal. You never told the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like you acted out, but as we've been told, he's someone who wanted to, is always trying to get away with things. That is not an yeah. honest person. And I personally, like, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just like, there's no, you would think that he would have thought about that answer though. Like you, cause he knows he's going to die. Right. So he, yeah, would, but his brain doesn't like, what doesn't are my last words way. or whatever. His yeah, his brain doesn't work that way. When he's talking about, you know, get, go being, you know, getting lethal injection, he's like, yeah, like they'll put me in the chair. Like he's just very technical about it. He's like, they'll put me in the chair. They'll put the stuff in. Hopefully, it won't fuck up first time because like that yeah. suck. You know, like, but you know, it's not, I'm not gonna feel it. So whatever. Like talking about starting a car. You know, I don't think he has mm -hmm. the emotional depth, and I don't think he has like. No, he's never been taught how to express his feelings or understand his feelings. So he do, he literally does not have the words. That makes sense. He doesn't really have feelings no. until he meets his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think, his cousin. and I think with his cousin more than anything, it's, um, it's just really, it's relief and joy more than like love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that he doesn't love them, but I, it's hard to say how capable he is of that. Like love as defined is unconditional. And I just don't know if sociopaths are capable of that. And of course I'm labeling him a sociopath, but like, dude, watch the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Does not have empathy. Like that's just a fact. And I'm not saying that's his fault or that he was born that way. I'm just saying uh, up until he talks about his cousins, he doesn't have empathy. And even with them, that's not empathy. That's gratitude. So, you know, we don't know, right. but it puts it, it puts it kind of a, this rainbow sheen on it that they want it to have. And I suppose that's their intention. Like, Oh, it all worked out. <laughs> maybe I don't know like he did get what he wanted he won um but I I kind of just he wrote won. in wrapping up yeah he won he got what he wanted I mean he yeah. lost. He, he Jack he lost uh he <laughs> lost but he won I can talk I can talk real good um but I wrote uh this is someone's whole life like that's what to my great like just spins my brain just like scrambles my brain like this is a person was born and this was their whole life. Yeah. And if the prison system weren't, in my opinion, were not for profit, if, even if that one thing changed, so fewer lives would be wasted. I mean, obviously we're dealing with such extreme like racism and so many other forms of inequality. And I'm not going to touch on that because I am not an expert, but yes, black lives matter. Yes there is systematic racism, et cetera. But I think this, one of the main things that happened to this guy is that no, like there is no place for him in the prison system. There was no yeah. treatment for what he needed. There is no helping him. No, no support, you know? And, and just because you're in prison doesn't mean you don't need to support. Imagine, imagine how many things can send you to prison. You don't have to be a murderer. And he wasn't, he, he just stole some stuff. Like, imagine you fucking went to target and you didn't have any money and you stole some stuff and you went to jail. Like it could happen. Mm -hmm. It could literally happen to anyone. Yeah. So anyway, um, I was like in an environment, I was like, I wrote in an environment 
where there's little to no opportunity for personal choice or control, it makes sense that one or that James would want to control how they die. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree we work, you know, we notice that there's power struggles in everybody, but especially in people who have like functional disorders. And it's all about like, I can't control anything. Everything is controlled for me. I need to know what I can control. And he's in, throw the, in the fact that he's in prison, you know, and that's pro probably also part of what happened when he was in close management, things he needed to control. Maybe staying in there was the only thing he could control. Yeah. So um, yeah, it makes sense to me that he would want to control how he could die to know that no matter what, once I'm in death row, I'm in charge because I chose this. Even if it's death, right? Uh, I said, for James, prison has always been home. So why wouldn't he negotiate within that world rather than try to leave it? Dang it. It froze again. Okay. So I just wrote that for James, prison has always been home. So why wouldn't he negotiate within that world rather than try to leave it? Right? Exactly. That's exactly what you were saying. Like, he never mm -hmm. wanted or tried to, he never came out, it never occurred to him to, to try and get out of prison, like you exactly. said. Exactly. Yeah. And no one was helping him in there, so. And no one was interested in that. It wasn't like he had no. a family fighting for him. And it, I bet his life would have been way different, even if he just had, like, one family member that was like, uh, I really don't think he needs to still be in jail. Way yeah, back. exactly. Not, not for the murder, but of course. Way or back. someone else who was just, you know, consistently writing to him or you know yeah. would visit him or whatever the life in the lifetime movie version of this it's very different you know someone finds him when he's like 19 and he mm -hmm. changes the world right okay so i asked you to write down the most shocking thing did you do that no <laughs> okay you don't have to because mine isn't really a big shocking thing to me the most shocking thing is just that these prisons do not or refuse to recognize that one method of discipline does not effectively punish someone who is not deterred by it. To James, prison isn't, is not an effective punishment, uh, which is proven by the fact that his, you know, maladaptive behaviors, his violent behaviors only increased and got much more violent. So punishment is defined as something that decreases a behavior. So by definition, Prison did not punish James, ever. <laughs> so, yeah. failing system. I just want to put that out there. It's a failing system. Nothing is punishment unless it actually gets rid of the behavior you want to get rid of. So Exactly. Like, what's yeah. the point? And that's why I said he what won. Like, yeah, there's no point. I mean, I'm not, I don't think he's happy. I don't really think he's capable of happiness. But uh, he was running the show. Like, he's been running the show the whole time. Not the prison. To his own detriment, yeah. but still. Uh, and then, yeah, so I just kind of looked briefly, just from compare and contrast. Uh, San Quentin, apparently, which is uh, my in my neighborhood, <laughs> it's across the street <laughs> from my Target. If you want to visit San Quentin, you get a Target <laughs> on the way there. Just cross over the San Rafael <laughs> Bridge. Um, so San Quentin also has really strict isolation for death row. There's no freedoms. It's not what's been described in this, I sh we should have pointed out this prison is in Florida and it Florida. is called. I think it's just Florida State Prison. No, it's, uh, it's not, it's, I wrote it down. 
Charlotte Correctional. Okay. Okay. I only wrote it down because I didn't want to be wrong. Um, well, I wrote it down too, but I guess I was wrong. Well, it could be. No, I just saw what was at the beginning of the of the. Did it say Florida State the, Correctional? Because yeah, that could I be think true. That's where he was at first. Oh well, I, I mean, know. honestly, there could be different branches. Florida. There could be different branches. I have no idea. Maybe it's like the CSU system. They just have a bunch of <laughs> like college. Um, and I re I was reading about San Quentin, and it's like okay, so no one's getting like they can't. Um, for anybody who's not familiar, San Quentin is on the bay. Um, and no, it's not Alcatraz. That's a different bay. Like It's the same bay, but it's further away. And I'm rhyming. Um, San Quentin is on the like southeastern edge of San Rafael, which is a city in Marin, north of San Francisco, which is where I live. Don't come find me. Um, <laughs> but San Quentin is on the water. Okay, so it's just like, it's like, it juts out into the water and there's literally a San Quentin beach right there that apparently is very nice. Uh, there's no prisoners on it. It's just called San Quentin Beach. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, it's, it's right off the bridge. It's across the freeway from Target. Anyway, it's on the bay. But like, for instance, the prisoners, including death row, they have no view of the bay. They're, they have cement walls facing the bay on purpose. They don't have any freedoms. Generally, what it looked like was that they also, it's, it looked like it, what was described in, in the research, the articles that I read was that the death row at San Quentin is pretty similar to administrative segregation in that everybody's separate and they're pretty much locked up 23 hours a day. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't get information on their cell or their food quality. So it is possible that like, that's just to keep them alone because they're fucking psychopaths and also san quentin san quentin for it just i don't know if they chose this but it, ha it houses some of the most notorious killers and serial killers yeah. uh including scott motherfucking peterson yep. which is such is so topical for us because that happened when we were freshmen scott peterson murdered lacey peterson and her and their unborn child and dumped them in the berkeley uh uh marina which is actually right flows Other into San Quentin. The... It's, it's, yeah, it's just if you cross the bridge, it's right there. Um, and it's it's actually really eerie that he ended up at San Quentin. Ew, oh my gosh. He ended up not being able to see the bay. Anyway, um, I read this anecdote that's like, yeah, San Quentin uh, prison or uh, death row is, you know, really, really, really strict. There's very few privileges. However, if you're really well behaved, you can get some restrictions removed like you can go outside for two hours or whatever like no no bigs but they're like yeah scott peterson is one of these people and i was just i gotta chill because like that crime has always stuck with me and i'm just like yeah the idea of him still existing really makes me uncomfortable <laughs> that's all mm -hmm. i really have to say about it um and so i was wondering like okay and then i apparently texas is absolutely notorious and infamous for just disgustingly horrible uh, death row conditions, like mm. recent. So I'm thinking this must be a state-by-state so state thing. it's just Florida? I don't know that, that it's just like, Florida, but it's got to be state-by-state yeah. state or prison-by-prison. Prison. I don't know. I was like, is this subject to the prison, like private schools? <laughs> yeah. That's another reason that it's, it's crazy. How is there not a continuity between the conditions? Like, that's just 
the government arrests people and then they go to private prisons. It's just, it's wild to me. Um, but yeah, according to Anne, the nurse who works at, uh, fuck, I already forgot it. The fucking correctional place in Florida. She works yeah. in Florida. Um, she says in this death row at, um, I keep wanting to say Catalina, but that's not it. Uh, Charlotte, 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 Charlotte from Sex and the City, Charlotte, um, correctional in Florida, not North Carolina. Uh, Inmates are eligible to own their own TV, to have the exercise area. They have their own nurse. Uh, They can have a comforter, which I guess is a privilege, which makes me sad. Um, They have friendships with each other. It's very quiet. It's a, quote, safe haven. So, like, they're just chilling. And she said, like, you said the quote, Psalms to Beverly Hills. And she says, they have come home. They love death row. So. So nutty. Which, again, to my point, is not punishment. I mean, death is punishment. So it's like, I think they're kind of like, yeah, death. But the fact that somebody would commit murder to get on death row is a clear indication that that's a fucked up system. And, yeah, that the whole system is just super fucked up. Wackadoo bananas. I'll burn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that what they're doing in regular population slash close management, whatever, is not It's working. not subject, yeah, and it's not subject to really any regulations from what I can mm-hmm. see. So, woof! Okay, what did we learn? What did we learn? We learned, learned that Jackie that. does not like ambient music. <laughs> Jack. Not a while. Um, I was about to say I won't play it at your wedding. Then I was like, wait, you've been married yeah. for like 10 years, <laughs> seven years or whatever. Yeah. Um, I won't play it at my wedding. How about that? Bing, boom, bing, bing, please boom, don't. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if you want. That's my dance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I learned that the prison system sucks. Sucks big time. Sucks big time um for reals and is there's no consistency yeah i don't feel like i learned that because i feel like i knew that yeah Um, but yeah i think i learned that um the intricacies of these behavioral needs are really just flat out not understood like it's Mm -hmm. insane to me this is something i didn't give thought to but it's insane to me that a correctional it's called correctional. It's in the name. A correctional facility is supposed to correct you, not pound you into the ground. Um, would not have people on staff that ha- have that know anything about behavioral science. Like if you wa- like, it'd be easier for everybody. <laughs> Just learn. Yeah. Um, I learned that they don't encourage learning in prison. That's what I learned. Yeah, I think that's a good one. <laughs> that they don't. Yeah, and there's no one in there assigned to these inmates absolutely to, not like help them are there mentally ever or whatever yeah. are there ever psychologists in prison like that's not even a thing is it i don't know it should be the main thing is my opinion they have nurses but they never say anything about psych and it's like if the whole fucking do, reason anybody's a criminal is because of psychology psychological stuff if they it's do i stuff. don't think i don't think they're normally there to try no. to like 
counsel you or like rehabilitate you. I think it's, you know, it's Studies. a scary thing. If you go to psych, like you are oh, the psych ward. The- no, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah. That's not what I mean. I mean, just like Gen I know. Pop. But you're yeah. right. The psych ward is a whole other fucking ball game. And there's no people, I doubt there's people doing any good there either. I think it's just more strict confinement and they don't listen to you. So it sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. What an uplifting episode. Mm-hmm. Well, Jackie, I am so grateful to you for doing all this research and hanging with me and doing this show. You're amazing. I'm going to edit it and then I'll send it to you <laughs> so you can listen to it. And then once I've banked some episodes, I'll try doing some promo and see if I can get it up on Spotify. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, and Apple Podcasts. But we'll see. I don't have an outro. What should my outro be? And we'll see you later. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) What if it's, and that's what we learned. See you next time. That's good. It's a good oh, it's only good. That's fine. That's all right. Shut up. And yeah. So what should my outro be? You said it was only good for a first time. What should it be? <laughs> Guess we'll I keep learning. <laughs> yeah. Learning and we're out. No. Okay, bye. Stop recording. We're all done learning now. <laughs> So that's what we learned. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. That's what I just said. No, not exactly. I said, and that's what we learned. See you next time. I said, thanks for tuning in. Oh my God. (laughs) So that's what we learned. Was he in prison or did he go to jail as a child too or juvenile? No, he went to boys' schools, which I think are like, you know, when they wake you up in the middle of the night and they take you to like... They're, they're a bunch more like rare now because, homes? yeah, probably a private place that beat the shit out of them is my guess. Um, yeah. but yeah, they're, especially at the time that he would have been growing up was very common. And even not that, not even that long ago it was really common for parents to send them, their children to these places that promised to be like re- rehabilitative and supportive and like you know, all that jazz, but turned out to be like work camps, basically, where kids got beaten. I've read a memoir. I can't remember his name, but I've read this memoir about one person's experience. I had a client whose mother was sent to one of those when she was a teenager and told me all about it. It was freaking horrifying. So, and a next door neighbor, my next door neighbor growing up got sent to one mm-hmm. and her life did not turn out well. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's a lot of trauma. It's awful. So Anyways, the investigation uh, proves that it, ca- that it, you know, basically with his murder and his record, like he's not going to be considered someone who can be rehabilitated. So yeah, they're like, yeah, let's put him on death row. I should mention that the other reason that there is hesitation to put someone on death row probably is that it costs more money. That makes it, sense. Especially the health if- and stuff. Especially, yes, because especially if this death row is quote-unquote paradise. like Beverly Hills. <laughs> Beverly Hills, as Nurse Anne puts it. What did she say? Hold on. Said, she said. Oh.
I have the quote. <laughs> she says, going from close management to death row is like going from the slums to Beverly Hills. And she calls it like, she said that he probably saw it as a safe haven. She so, also said that he probably felt like he had made it. Like if he gets to yeah. death row for him, that's making it. That's like mm -hmm. being, you know, He's made it to the top. Steph Curry or whatever in his mind. Mm -hmm. <sighs> like my topical reference from five years ago. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I know he's still around, but like basketball, nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this because like what a narcissist. His lawyer. His yeah, lawyer who insisted, the fifth lawyer, the lawyer that ended up representing James that insisted on filming in his boat and in front of his pool and like where you could see his car, like the whole, it was just, I didn't think shots. of that until now. So he like, he didn't seem like a bad guy, but like, he's like, yeah, I really wanted to, I was confused and James was nice and I want, you know, this was strange and whatever, da da da. And he's like in his like river boat and it shows the back, it pans out to the back and the, the boat is, it says it's called, the defense rests. <laughs> Midlife crisis boat. Um, yeah. But he says, like, yeah, whatever. He doesn't really give us any new information. He gives basic for him. He he definitely had sympathy for. He did, and I, he did. He had a lot of sympathy for him. And mm -hmm. he was basically alluding to what we were talking about, like, he never had a chance. Which is true, but they should have fucking explained why before yeah. this whole thing. Because yeah. we didn't know that. We're like, okay, it just, when they put it out of order like that, it made it sound like this guy was just throwing out lines. Like, yeah, poor kid, probably didn't have a chance, you know? When, it, when in fact, like you said, he had genuine sympathy for him. Yeah. And um, I'm making fun of his uh, conspicuous consumption, but I do think he seemed like probably a pretty good lawyer, like a, a decent lawyer, um, especially for a defense lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah. No offense to Adam, who will listen to this. Love you, Adam. <laughs> Not talking about you. Uh, so I just watched too much Law and Order, that's all. <laughs> um, oh, but he had a corgi, which was really fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I was like, ugh, we need to show off the pool in the house. And I drew an eye roll emoji. <laughs> Do you remember in sixth grade when, I swear to God, I never did. I swear, I will take this to my grave. This would yell at me in front of the whole class for, quote, rolling my eyes. Yes, I remember I that. I fucking never rolled my eyes, dude. My eyes I do this weird that. thing. This lid closes <laughs> It closes slower than this lid. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. There's somebody, you've seen me sleep. My eyes don't even close, okay? My eyelids are weird. That was awful. Miss was a B, okay? Miss Gam, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I she had her favorites. She was she actually favorites. I remember, like, I don't know why I have this memory, but the last day of school, when she was going around telling everyone, what she like saw in them or whatever like saying goodbye to each student she didn't do that to me yeah she did oh, right. she literally went around to every oh. student 
and was like, you're, um, you know, didn't, said things that she liked about them. Clearly didn't mean like anything positive to me. Things. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she just skipped right past you. I have but a good memory, but I don't remember that. <laughs> she, like, went to Myra, and, and to Myra, she was like, you have, like, the looks and the brains and all of that. Like, I don't remember what Oh, else so you're pretty, said. so we love you. Yeah, exactly. And, and I remember that because I don't remember what she said to me, but I know she didn't tell me, like, she was mean that to I have the looks, you know, because I wasn't blonde. <laughs> no one else has the looks. Yeah, because Myra looks like you. Looks like she could be your daughter. Ish. Uh, she, I remember she was actually mean to Vanessa, too. Really? I think she had, like... She liked, she liked the, like, Lauren Conrad. Was, like, pissy. Yeah. Because, like, Myra is Lauren Conrad, in my opinion. Myra, if you're listening, I mean that as a compliment. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. She's not going to listen to my podcast. She doesn't know me. She has a baby. I mean, she knows me, but kind of, like, not since third grade or sixth grade. I do love Myra. She's great, and she's beautiful. Um, But that's a shitty thing for a sixth grade teacher to do. (laughs) Like, you're nice. You're funny. Myra, you're beautiful and nice and funny and smart. (laughs) It's like, uh, (laughs) wait a minute. Yeah. So cool. Now if I don't look like Myra, I suck. Oh, Myra. (laughs) Poor Myra. It's not her fault. She just looks, that's just... Beautiful. She's a tall. She's the tall blonde one that like she was quiet but smart and she had confidence and she's yes. kicking ass, taking names. Yeah. Good for Myra. But yeah, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, Vanessa, she's gorgeous but she's exotic and I think that like was intimidated by her. <laughs> yeah, she liked her prototype. She liked her Instagram before yeah. Instagram. You know, <laughs> she liked her Instagram girls, not her. Uh, Shakira, Shakira. Shakira girls. Yeah. Fucking suck it. Vanessa's fucking killing it. All right. And Sarah does an eye roll. I don't. I never ask anyone. There's something wrong with my eyelids. Even if you, like, did a couple times, why does she care so much? Like, why did she take personal offense? I was traumatizing. I don't ever want attention on me. So weird, you know? I mean, I clearly want attention, but not... I don't... I've never in my entire life tried to get negative attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe when I was a baby, but... Or, like, little. And it was, like... I don't even know. It was like, oh I'm a people like a, pleaser. It was like a trigger for her or something. She had to maybe like I maybe I reminded her of like the daughter part, the part of her daughter she fucking hated. <laughs> yeah, maybe she reminded. Maybe you reminded her of herself. <laughs> when maybe. She, oh, I hope when not. She was your age. I really hope not. <laughs> I. She was nothing like me at my age. Are you kidding? There's no way that she would podcast from her kitchen with two cats eating tuna right in the corner over there. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. No. She'd be like, let's she talk would... about Egypt and let's make some transparencies. <laughs> I always remember, um, we had to watch those fucking cave videos. Okay, we have to get back on track. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. It's really just, this is the end. But, um, so yeah, they, they just... <laughs> Um, <laughs> just kidding. My mom, if my mom, I'm, I'm just kidding. I probably cut all this out anyways. Is Miss <laughs> friends with your mom? No, but she'd just be like, Sarah, that's oh. inappropriate. That's not okay. You don't know like who's going to listen to this. My mom doesn't talk like this, but this is my mom voice anyway. 
Yeah, you do always use that voice for your mom. <laughs> mom. Love you, mom. Hey, mom. I love um, my mom. She's definitely going to listen to this. I love her, too. Mom, Jackie loves you. Okay. Love you. Miss you. Mwah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's anyways, James Robertson. James motherfucking Robertson gets death row. He gets what he wants. And that's kind of the end until... Uh, we are, they're like, the end. Oh, wait, did you guys give a shit about where this guy came from? Did you want to know that he has family out there that suddenly loves him? We'll just, you know, tack that on at the end. And now you can care about him. And you can feel like a bad person for not liking him before, which is, like, completely unfair, because we did not have context. And also, he's a murderer. So, like, all right. Yeah. So, this guy, Daryl, who's, like, the nicest person on the planet, lives in Tennessee, and he- what? His cousin. Oh, I thought you said it's right. Kevin, and I'm like, I thought it was Daryl. <laughs> I swear to God, uh, oh, he scared no. me. He scared me. Okay, Daryl, <laughs> the cousin, lives in Tennessee, and he's the only ten I see. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> not really. No, he's not. He just seems nice. Well, I mean, he's fine. I actually he has a family. I can't remember what he looks like. <laughs> So he tells uh, us, yeah. he's like, he's James nice is, man. he's a nice so man. So I can see the, I can no, see I'm not the into him. I was just making a joke. I was making a pun. Uh. It funny. <laughs> anyway, um, my face is all red. Oh my God. <laughs> Tyler, it's not true. I'm just kidding. No, it's just because I'm excited. And also I'm like sweating. I have a fan on me, but I'm sweating anyway. Oh. Ew. I'm in a corner. I'm stuck in a corner with the microwave. Okay. Anyway. James has, uh, so he's like, James has been forgotten and abandoned by his family for like fucking 20 plus years. No support yeah. whatsoever. Um, so Daryl's younger. So he has only known James to be a prisoner. James has been in, in prison almost for Daryl's whole life, ever since he's yeah. met him. Uh, he And he happened to, think about him and I'm sure he was already thinking about him but he happened to contact him after he after James had been in uh on death row for about a year uh so this should be like either 2013 or 2014 um and Daryl interestingly enough is such a good person he didn't even know about the death row he just had a moment where he was like I have a cousin who was literally thrown away into the system and yes that is literal because he was thrown into the system so don't correct think, me. What? Which that is just so horrifying. I don't know. Like no, oh, just the fact that um, he reached, just the fact that he didn't know him at mm-hmm, all growing mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. except maybe as kids. Right. And then no, he never knew him. him. Even he only ever knew him as a prisoner. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. Because like I don't know. But I just think it's really big of him to even want to reach out and have Absolutely. And well, be and it, that good of a person. Because if I had, you know, it's not going to make me sound like a good person, but, you know, if I knew of like a distant cousin or whatever that just was in prison. It'd freak you out. I don't know if I would reach out, you know, I probably you know, wouldn't. I wonder if, I wonder if that's true though. Because I wonder, because it stopped me if I'm like, spilling all your business but like you there's dysfunction in your there's fucking dysfunction in my family for sure not so much in my immediate family but like for you like 
if you knew that somebody were in prison and you like what if you found out like you had a half sister or something and she was in prison but you're like well what fucking chance did she have because you can kind of see what she went through if she was this like forgotten child maybe yeah maybe they had a similar upbringing or something that's what i'm thinking you know that can that's what i'm thinking because yeah oh no Yeah, I agree. I totally think that they, that Daryl has, and he talks with understanding of like, I mean, Daryl's mother is James's mother's sister. So like, for me, I know a lot about my mom's sisters and and their lives. And I can, I can relate to, I'm not going to get into specifics here, because I don't want to denigrate anyone's reputation or memory um but i can definitely imagine if i had been older when this thing these things were going on i can imagine i mean there are members of my family that have been in prison and i know about it now as an adult but if i had been an adult at the time knowing their situation and knowing certain siblings of my mother's and the way that they parented or didn't parent Mm -hmm. i could being who i am i definitely think not that i'm saying i'm a good person but just like that's just like I have that like yeah you know that tug to help everybody that. I mm-hmm. can see myself reaching out um, yeah just because there's so be. much fucked up in this and I know that there's so much fucked up in this so, and this guy Daryl must understand that too sorry go ahead yeah I think I mean I definitely think that it would depend you know yeah. It would kind of depend on the situation if it's someone that I oh, didn't certainly. know at all. Well, but and if it's like, that's what oh, I think they must have been. If it's like, oh, here's your. And James, I mean, Daryl, he didn't know that James was on death row, so he didn't know that James had murdered anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? So that yeah. was probably a factor as well. Although he did stick around, but I'm like thinking, okay, if this never happened, but if my mom's nephew or if my aunt's son or whatever, had like gang raped a bunch of women and then locked them in a room and then like or not gang raped but like raped I don't know just fucking like did like a terrible thing like you know like that guy who killed all I can't remember his name who he locked a bunch of nursing students in a room and killed all of them like if it was something like that hell fucking no I'm not visiting you I don't care what you went through like that's sick that's horrendous but you know if it's someone that you feel like they're probably redeemable and that does seem to be what Daryl gets back in what he feels. He's like, James literally never experienced love. Yeah. You know, he's never been with a woman. He never had a family that gave a shit. He's never had a job. He's never had anything to be proud of. This right. is like his first experience with love. It's insane. Yeah. And it's so sweet how he like involves his kids and they draw pictures for him and stuff. The it's prolific just letters so, that are sent yeah. back is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just this entirely different James. And, and I, I feel like that resonates so much for me because it's like, yeah. see what happens when you actually respond in a different way and you try doing something rehabilitative imagine if the system had gave a shit and you know provided this for him when he was 16 they could have put him in a foster home that's all it would have taken a foster home that was good I mean of course and counseling Mm -hmm. I mean his behavior it's all just crying out for help and it got to the point where help wasn't even the goal anymore it's just crying out you know yeah that's what I can do he 
probably just gave up on anything happening with his life. Right. And the only way to push his agenda forward was to be more and more violent and misbehaving. Um, yeah. To the point I, where he didn't even care, where he like knew he would die eventually. Yeah. And that's a really good, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's a great point um, that he, he's not suicidal. Yeah. He's just resigned. Mm hmm. But now, and it, it's like he has this connection now after being put in death row. Doesn't seem to change his mind about death row. Um, having a family suddenly. Which for some reason, I respect. <laughs> like, I don't know why. That's a weird thing to say about this person. But, mm -hmm. excuse me, it's sort of like he, he's not in it to get something from these people. He's, it's, this is the first time he's being genuine in his life. Because he's never been able to be vulnerable before. And, and Daryl says it took a year for James to believe that Daryl actually gave a shit. Right. It took him a year to say, okay, I feel comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Which it's is like... Standoff. Yeah, trauma, 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 trauma. Like, trauma, lack of developmental skills, and, you know, this, this oppositional defiance, whatever, even if it's not that specific disorder, like, that's how he learned to survive, was to be the opposition at all times. So, yeah. he, so basically the consensus here by Daryl's family is that James was not born evil. He's just never been loved. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, like, Daryl is truly an incredible person. He's able to appreciate all the factors of the story, which James never had before. No one ever considered anything until that, well, I guess yeah. I should say until that pre-interview, or sorry, pre-sentencing interview or investigation which did get him what he wanted, got him death row, which is, this whole thing is so ironic and twisted, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, I call this the double take moment. At the very end, they show James, 65 days later after the filming, um, where he, I mean, it's, he clearly, this whole time that we've seen him, has known Daryl, but the time he comes back is when they ask him about Daryl. And it's like he's a different person. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so crazy? I thought yeah. that was because... Tell, tell, yeah. Tell me how you felt. Like, did it make you want to go back and be like, wait, maybe I don't hate him. <laughs> yeah. Def I mean, I definitely understood him yeah. more, I think, in that moment mm -hmm. uh, or when he came back. I think that he had resigned to the fact of being, you know, on death row. He's going to die. I think, I don't know, my opinion on that is maybe he just didn't have any other options at that point but I think right. that having Daryl and like his family in his life um like he said somewhere in that interview I think that he you know now he has a reason to not mess up you know now he feels like he has a reason to and it's heartbreaking how it's a lot but it's a little you know it's a mm -hmm. lot but how little that took mm -hmm. how little that took and I swear this is how I feel like I go into situations in, in my work, working with kids with behavioral disorders. And I've had these amazing experiences, you know, there's no murder involved. So it's really just this double take moment for the parents where, and I'm not trying to give myself credit. It's, it's the science of behavior where we turn something around and we provide that one little thing that one little thing, that magic thing that's going to motivate this individual 
to try. And it's, it, this is what you see. And it's wild. And parents are, I can't tell you the amount of times that parents have said to me, he's never done that before, or he never does that with me, or I've never seen that before. And it's like, well, you didn't have the tools. He didn't have the tools. She, he, she, they didn't have the tools. Yeah. And James never had the tools and he never had anybody that gave a shit about giving him to him. And I feel like the prison system knew that and didn't care. They were like, your, your money, your money to us. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're annoying and your money. And it's awful. And what I wrote is like kind of my, yeah, I actually wrote similar to what you said. I wrote resigned and I, I underlined it and I put down his last quote, I think was it's over, man. Yeah. Which is sad. So it leaves you pretty pretty bleak. (laughs) You watch this. And he said he wants, and do you remember the last, or one of the last things I said too is, which I thought was a little weird. Let me know what you think. But um, the interviewer asked him how he'd want to be remembered. Oh, right. And he says, someone who always speaks the truth. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's just a, I didn't even bother writing it down because I felt like that was just what somebody like said the first once. thing that came, like, to Somebody said that once and he, it, it makes him feel good about himself. Like, yeah, I don't it's think like a it redeeming com- quality. Yeah. I don't think it comes from anything except it's, it's repetitive. It's more of the act and like a, a good line, kind of like how he used that whole child molestation thing as an excuse, like he's imitating what he thinks you're supposed to say or do, Mm -hmm. which is another thing you see in people with sociopathic traits or people with developmental disabilities. (laughs) They don't know. They don't have the skills. They don't have the social skills. So when they're asked a question, they don't process it and give an answer. They memorize what's supposed Mm -hmm. they feel this answer is supposed to be. And I agree with you. That's odd. That's an odd answer. Someone always told the truth. You're a criminal. You never told the truth. Like you acted out, but as we've been told, he's someone who wanted to, is always trying to get away with things. That is not an honest person. And I personally, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just like, there's no, you would think that he would have thought about that answer though. Like you, cause he knows he's going to die. Right. So he, yeah, but his brain doesn't work that way or whatever. His yeah, doesn't, his brain doesn't work that way. When he's talking about, you know, get go being, you know, getting lethal injection, he's like, yeah, like they'll put me in the chair. Like he's just very technical about it. He's like, they'll put me in the chair. They'll put the stuff in. Hopefully, I won't fuck up first time because like that yeah. suck. You know, like, but you know, it's not, I'm not gonna feel it. So whatever. Like talking about starting a car. You know, I don't think he has mm-hmm. the emotional depth, and I don't think he has like. No, he's never been taught how to express his feelings or understand his feelings. So he do, he literally does not have the words. That makes sense. He doesn't really have feelings no. until he meets his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think, his cousin. and I think with his cousin, more than anything, it's, um, it's just really, it's relief and joy more than like love. Yeah. Not that he doesn't love them, but I, it's hard to say how capable he is of that. Like love as defined is unconditional. And I just don't know if sociopaths are capable of that. And of course I'm labeling him a sociopath, but like, dude, watch the episode. Yeah. Does not have empathy. Like that's just a fact. And I'm not saying that's his fault or that he was born that way. I'm just saying uh, up until he talks about his cousins, he doesn't have empathy. And even with them, 
that's not empathy. That's gratitude. So, you know, we don't know, but it puts it, it puts it kind of a, this rainbow sheen on it that they want it to have. And I suppose that's their intention. Like, oh, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Like, he did get what he wanted. He won. Um, but I, I kind of just he wrote won. in wrapping up. Yeah, he won. He got what he wanted. I mean, he yeah. lost, he, he Jack. He lost. Uh, he <laughs> lost, but he won. I can talk. I can talk real good. Um, but I wrote, uh, this is someone's whole life. Like, that's what... <sighs> to my, like, just spins my brain, just, like, scrambles my brain. Like, this is, a person was born, and this was their whole life. Yeah. And if the prison system weren't, in my opinion, were not for profit, even if that one thing changed, I think this, one of the main things that happened to this guy is that, like, there is no place for him in the prison system. There was no treatment for what he needed. There was no helping him. No. No support, you know, and and just because you're in prison doesn't mean you don't need to support. Imagine, imagine how many things can send you to prison. You don't have to be a murderer, and he wasn't. He he just stole some stuff. Like imagine you fucking went to Target and you didn't have any money and you stole some stuff and you went to jail. Like it could happen. Mm-hmm. It could literally happen to anyone. Yeah. So anyway, um, I was like in an environment. I was like, I wrote in an environment. Where there's little to no opportunity for personal choice or control, it makes sense that one or that James would want to control how they die. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. We work, you know, we notice that there's power struggles in everybody, but especially in people who have like functional disorders. And it's all about like, I can't control anything. Everything is controlled for me. I need to know what I can control. And these throw the, in the fact that he's in prison, you know, and that's pro- probably also part of what happened when he was in close management. Things he needed to control. Maybe staying in there was the only thing he could control. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it makes sense to me that he would want to control how he could die. To know that no matter what, once I'm in death row, I'm in charge because I chose this. Even if it's death, right? Uh, I said, for James, prison has always been home, so why wouldn't he negotiate within that world rather than try to leave it? Right? Exactly. That's exactly what you were saying. Like, he never mm-hmm. wanted or tried to, he never came out, it never occurred to him to, to try and get out of prison, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. And no one was helping him in there, so. And no one was interested in that. It wasn't like he had no. a family fighting for him, and it, I bet his life would have been way different even if he just had, like, one family member that was like, uh. I really don't think he needs to still be in jail. Way yeah, back. exactly. Not, not for the murder, but of course. Way or back. someone else who was just, you know, consistently writing to him or, you know, yeah. would visit him or whatever. The life In the Lifetime movie version of this, it's very different. You know, someone finds him when he's like 19 and he mm-hmm. changes the world, right? Okay, so I asked you to write down the most shocking thing. Did you do that? No. Okay, you don't have to because mine isn't really a big shocking thing. To me, the most shocking thing is just that these prisons do not or refuse to recognize that one method of discipline does not effectively punish someone who is not deterred by it. To James, prison isn't is not an effective punishment, uh, which is proven by the fact that his you know maladaptive behaviors, his violent behaviors, only increased and got much more violent. 
So punishment is defined as something that decreases a behavior. So by definition, prison did not punish James, ever. <laughs> so yeah. failing system. I just want to put that out there. It's a failing system. Nothing is punishment unless it actually gets rid of the behavior you want to get rid of. So Exactly. Like, what's yeah. the point? And that's why I said he what won. Like, yeah, there's no point. I mean, I'm not, I don't think he's happy. I don't really think he's capable of happiness, but uh, he was running the show. Like he's been running the show the whole time, not the prison. To his own detriment, yeah. but still. Uh, and then, yeah, so I just kind of looked briefly, just from compare and contrast. Uh, San Quentin, apparently, which is uh, my, in my neighborhood, <laughs> it's across the street from my Target. If you want to visit San Quentin, you get a Target on the way there. Just cross over the San Rafael Bridge. Um, so San Quentin also has really strict isolation for death row. There's no freedoms. It's not what's been described in this. I sh we should have pointed out this prison is in Florida, and it Florida. is called. I think it's just Florida State Prison. No, it's uh, it's not. It's I wrote it down. Uh, oh, Charlotte okay. Correctional. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. I only wrote it down because I didn't want to be wrong. Um, well, I wrote it down too, but I guess I was wrong. Well, it could be. No, I, just it wrote, could be I just wrote what was at the beginning of the of the. Did it say Florida State series. Correctional? Because yeah, that could but I be think true. That's where he was at first. Oh well, I, I mean, know. honestly, there could matter. be different branches. Florida. There could be different branches. I have no idea. Maybe it's like the CSU system. They just have a bunch of <laughs> like college. Um, and I re I was reading about San Quentin, and it's like okay, so no one's getting like they can't um, for anybody who's not familiar. San Quentin is on the bay, um, and no, it's not Alcatraz. That's a different bay. Like it's the same bay, but it's further away. And I'm rhyming. Um, San Quentin is on the like southeastern edge of San Rafael, which is a city in Marin, north of San Francisco, which is where I live. Don't come find me. Um, <laughs> but San Quentin is on the water. Okay, so it's just like it's like it juts out into the water, and there's literally a San Quentin beach right there that apparently is very nice. Uh, there's no prisoners on it. It's just called San Quentin Beach. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, it's, it's right off the bridge. It's across the freeway from Target. Anyway, it's on the bay, but like, for instance, the prisoners, including death row, they have no view of the bay They're They have cement walls facing the bay on purpose. They don't have any freedoms. Generally what it looked like was that they also, it's, it looked like it, what was described in, in the research, the articles that I read was that the death row at San Quentin is pretty similar to administrative segregation in that everybody's separate and they're pretty much locked up 23 hours a day. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't get information on their cell or their food quality. So it is possible that like, that's just to keep them alone because they're fucking psychopaths. And also San Quentin, San Quentin for it just, I don't know if they chose this, but it, ha it houses some of the most notorious killers and serial killers. Yeah. Uh, including Scott motherfucking Peterson, yep. which is such is so topical for us because that happened when we were freshmen. Scott Peterson murdered Lacey Peterson and her and their unborn child and dumped them in the Berkeley uh, uh, Marina, which is actually right flows into San Quentin. 
it's, it's, yeah, it's just, if you cross the bridge, it's right there. Um, and it's, it's actually really eerie that he ended up at San Quentin. Ew. Oh my gosh. He ended up not being able to see the bay. Anyway. Um, I read this anecdote that's like, yeah, San Quentin, uh, prison death row is, you know, really, really, really strict. There's very few privileges. However, if you're really well behaved, you can get some restrictions removed. Like you can go outside for two hours or whatever, like no, no bigs. But they're like, yeah, Scott Peterson is one of these people. And I was just, I got a chill because like that crime has always stuck with me. And I'm just like, yeah, the idea of him still existing really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's all mm-hmm. I really have to say about it. Apparently, Texas is absolutely notorious and infamous for just disgustingly horrible uh, death row conditions, like mm. recent. So... I'm thinking this must be a state so by state just thing. Florida. I don't know that, that it's just like, Florida, but it's got to be yeah. state by state or prison by prison. I don't know. I was like, is this subject to the prison, like private schools? <laughs> yeah, that's another reason that it's it's crazy. How is there not a continuity between the conditions? Like that's just the government arrests people and then they go to private prisons. It's just it's wild to me. Um, but yeah, according to Anne, the nurse who works at. Uh, I already forgot it. The fucking correctional place in Florida. She works in Florida. Um, She says, in this death row at, um, I keep wanting to say Catalina, but that's not it. Uh, Charlotte. 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 From Sex and the City. Charlotte. um, Correctional in Florida, not North Carolina. Uh, Inmates are eligible to own their own TV to have the exercise area. They have their own nurse. Uh, they can have a comforter, which I guess is a privilege, which makes me sad. Um, they have friendships with each other. It's very quiet. It's a quote, safe haven. So like, they're just chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, like you said, the quote, Psalms to Beverly Hills. And she says, they have come home. They love death row. So. So what the fuck? nutty. Which again, to my point, is not punishment. I mean, death is punishment. Right. So it's like, I think they're kind of like, yeah, death. But the fact that somebody would commit murder to get on death row is a clear indication that that's a fucked up system. And yeah, that the whole system is just super fucked up. Wackadoo bananas. That, I'll burn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that what they're doing in regular population slash close management, whatever, is not it's not subject, yeah, and it's not subject to really any regulations from what I can see. So, woof! Okay, what did we learn? What did we learn? We learned, learned that Jackie that. does not like ambient music. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a while. Um, I was about to say I won't play it at your wedding, then I was like, wait, you've been married yeah. for like 10 years, <laughs> 7 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, I won't play it at my wedding. How about that? Bing, boom, bing, bing, please boom, don't. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if you want. That's my dance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I learned that the prison system sucks. Sucks big time. Sucks big time. Um, For reals. And is there's no consistency. Yeah. I don't feel like I learned that because I feel like I knew that. Yeah, that's um, for sure. But yeah, I think I learned that um, the intricacies of these behavioral needs are really just flat out 
not understood. Like it, it's mm-hmm. insane to me. This is something I didn't give thought to, but it's insane to me that a correctional, it's called correctional. It's in the name. A correctional facility is supposed to correct you, not pound you into the ground. Um, would not have people on staff that ha- have, that know anything about behavioral science. Like if you want, like it'd be easier for everybody. <laughs> Just learn. Yeah. Um, I learned that they don't encourage learning in prison. That's what I learned. Yeah. I think that's a good one <laughs> that they don't. Yeah. And there's no one in there assigned to these inmates. Absolutely to, not. Like help them. Are there mentally ever. Or whatever. Yeah. Are there ever psychologists in prison? Like, that's not even a thing, is it? I don't know. It should be the main thing, is my opinion. They have nurses, but they never say anything about psych. And it's like, if the whole fucking do, reason anybody's a criminal is because of psycholo- psychological stuff. If they do, I don't, think, I don't think they're normally there to try uh-huh. to, like, counsel you or, like, rehabilitate you. I think it's, you know, it's Studies. a scary thing. If you go to psych, like, you are Oh, the psych ward. The- no, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah, that's not what I mean. I mean just, like, gen I know. pop. But yeah. you're right. The psych ward is a whole other fucking ballgame. And there's no people... I doubt there's people doing any good there either. I think it's just more strict confinement. And they don't listen to you. So it sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. What an uplifting episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, Jackie, I am so grateful to you for doing all this research and hanging with me and doing this show. You're amazing. I'm going to edit it and then I'll send it to you <laughs> so you can listen to it. And then once I've banked some episodes, I'll try doing some promo and see if I can get it up on Spotify Ooh. Ooh, mm, and Apple Podcasts. Yes. But we'll see. I don't have an outro. What should my outro be? And we'll see you later. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) What if it's, and that's what we learned. See you next time. That's good. Oh, it's only good. It's fine. That's all right. Shut up. And yeah. We're so done. what should my outro be? You said it was only good for a first time. What should it be? <laughs> Guess we'll I keep learning. <laughs> yeah. Learning and we're out. No. Okay, bye. Stop recording. We're all done learning now. <laughs> all done. So that's what we learned. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. That's what I just said. No, not exactly. I said, and that's what we learned. See you next time. I said, thanks for tuning in. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that's what we learned. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.